the hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the voice of the Lord. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Could there be a more vivid depiction of revival, the very topic of the sermon series that we are addressing right now, than a valley full of dry bones, recovering muscle, and skin, and tendons, and sinew, breath returning to these skeletons, and transformed into an army of living people by the very word of God. A powerful image of revival, don't you think? Amen? Amen. Chapter 37 of Ezekiel gives us precisely the picture that, uh, that we just saw. And our Bibles affirm this vision was about a dead nation, the nation of Israel. And they were a nation that was struggling. And they were being repositioned. And they were being raised up and reunited so that this nation thousands of years ago would know the greatness of the very, very same God, triune God that we worship today. And as I was looking at that passage over the last few days in Ezekiel 37, I was reminded of a New Testament passage in Ephesians that gives us a strikingly similar picture. It's also a picture of a people who are dead and separated, who are given new life, given new hope, given new unity, so that the greatness of God's grace and love will be clear to all. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. And I've asked our friend Mark Beeman to come and read verses 1 to 10. Mark, would you read that for us? Thanks. As for you... You were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. 
But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, Amen. even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace mm. expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Friends, I, I want to simply talk this morning about three realities. First, at one time, we were all spiritually dead. All of us were spiritually dead, deserving God's wrath. Make no mistake about it. The two passages that we've just examined, Ezekiel 37 and Ephesians chapter 2, they, do, they apply to us. We were all dry bones. All of us. Secondly, some of us here can recall a time when we were actually made alive. The Spirit of God breathed into us and, and life entered in and we were made alive. Some of you can testify to that. Amen. Yeah. And lastly, thirdly, what we'll look at, if you are made alive, then today, presently, you now live. But firstly, we were, we were once dead. And so uh, I brought along a little friend with me today to remind us of our original condition. Yep, yep. This is... Uh, Mr. Bones, okay? This is Mr. Bones. Now, just to be clear, Mr. Bones is a cardboard cutout. He's a replica of a human skeleton. Mr. Bones, though, he represents for us a dead person. He is dead, uh, decomposed, buried, just bones. Uh, dry bones, Mr. Mr. Bones. And friends, this is the bleak but not entirely inaccurate picture of what you and I are like spiritually without God. In our condition by birth, dead entirely, dead in our transgressions, and apart from God. Now let's, let's have a little bit of fun with Mr. Bones here. Uh, I'm going to ask him to remind us of what it's like to be spiritually dead. For example, Mr. Bones reminds us that dead bodies are characterized by the lack of senses. So, Mr. Bones here, uh, let's do a little hearing test. Can we humor Mr. Bones here? And uh, on the count of three, let's say, hi, Mr. Bones. Can you do that? Okay, all right, here we go. One, two, three. You're not very social, Mr. Bones. Do you have anything to add there? Okay, so Mr. Bones can't hear. We know that. But can Mr. Bones actually see? I'm going to get our light crew. Can you shine the brightest light? And let's see if Mr. Bones can actually see this morning. Whoa. Did you see a move at all? Anybody? I can't see you. 
Mr. Bones, you're not very social still. Okay, so Mr. Bones can't see. Mr. Bones can't hear. Surely, Mr. Bones can smell, right? Brought along. I mean, if, if Starbucks doesn't wake up Mr. Bones, then will anything wake up Mr. Bones? Okay. All right, let's see. You watch if there's any movement here. I mean, honestly, star maybe he likes Tim Hortons. I don't know. Let's go. Uh, anything there? Did any anyone? Nothing. Okay, all right. Not very social. Okay, uh, so can't hear, can't see, can't smell, taste. A uh, little something about uh, Pastor Mike here. I eat one of these little boxes every night before I go to bed of uh, hot tamales. How many of you like hot tamales? Anybody? Wow, I love these little guys. And surely hot tamales is going to wake up Mr. Bones. Let's see here. Let's see, buddy. Here we go. Open up wide. Nothing. Okay. So Mr. Bones can't see. Mr. Bones can't hear. He can't smell. He can't taste. Give us, give us something, Mr. Bones. Can you, can you feel? He's got nothing. He's got nothing. Hope you don't think you're going to get paid for this. No honorarium for this guy. You want to finish the sermon? No, nothing. All right, he's got nothing. Mr. Bones apparently has, has nothing for us, is devoid of senses, right? Friends, think about it this morning. Silly little example, of course. But can you begin to imagine what death looks like to us spiritually? It makes us unable to hear. We cannot hear. We can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And we're entirely oblivious to God's law that, that guides us from evil. We're unresponsive to the message of people around us who speak a gospel of grace and speak a gospel of truth so we can't hear. And spiritual death, it makes us unable to see. We cannot see the presence of God in our world when we're spiritually dead. We can't see the, the beauty of his sacrifice on the cross. We can't see our way out of perpetual self-condemnation in our persistent cycle of sin. We can only focus, if we, if we call it focusing at all, on the fleeting ways of the world, Ephesians chapter 2, and the cravings of our, of our flesh. And, and spiritual death, it, it makes us unable to smell, and it makes us unable to, to taste the most wonderfully fragrant things, the most luscious and sweet things in life. We discern nothing of it. Nothing. The most nauseous drug or rotten item. It has a, has a loathsome quality. We're dead. And we're unable, we're unable to feel. We're unable to feel. We feel nothing. We're devoid of our senses. No joy. No joy. You see, when we're spiritually dead, we don't even desire to live. 
Friends, this is the unfortunate state of some people today. Dry bones. No desire for spiritual things. Dead to the very things for which all of humanity was made to live and by which true life actually come. Dry bones have no power. No power, no strength. There's, there's nothing about a dead person that compels the living to hang around with them because just like Mr. Drybones here, they have nothing to give. They have nothing to give. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, friends, Paul says, this is what we were, dead in our sin. And in Ezekiel 37, it's the, it's the image of a, of a vast valley of, of dry bones, dead, senseless, unrevival. But, and that three little word but there in Ephesians, it brings us to our second point because it leads to a great transition. In Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 there, you can read it. Mark just did. But, it says, because of his, God's, great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, even when we were dead in sin, think about it, made us alive. In the King James Version, it says this, God, who is rich in mercy, hath quickened us together with Christ. I like that word, quickened, quickened. Perhaps those of you who are moms, you understand this word quickened. It's actually a, a, a medical term, isn't it? Quicken, quickening refers to that period of gestation when fetal movement actually can be felt. And so many of you would actually know what quickening actually is, even if you don't recognize the word, I can, I can still remember that moment, that uh, moment when I put my hand on Christy's belly and, and felt the movement of our daughter, Abigail, inside. Abigail was alive. She was living. She was alive. Friends, spiritually speaking, many of you here this morning, you can recall a time in your life journey, in your spiritual life journey, when God revived you. When God breathed life into you, you acknowledged Jesus as your Savior. You were spiritually quickened. You confessed your sin and your incapacity to do life on your own. And you, you reached out to something or, or someone that was beyond yourself. And God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, breathed life into you. Well, theoretically, I could talk about this some more, but I've been talking for a little bit, and I'd like you to hear from, from someone else. It is my privilege this morning to present a testimony from uh, Matt Robinson. Matt has become a close friend of mine. Maybe he's a friend of yours, too. Perhaps you've seen him around the church. Matt was one of the very, very first people that I met when I came to Moncton about two years ago on Canada Day. We have remained close. Let's, uh, let's watch for a few moments Matt tell his story 
of new birth. I've spent my whole life uh, trying to be the best I could be at being wrong. I've been a drug dealer, I've been an armed robber, I've been a thief, I've been a liar, I've taken life, and I've been a heroin addict for most of my life. By the time I was 18, I had been beaten, raped, and tortured, locked up. Um, I'd been lit on fire. I'd been kidnapped and deprogrammed as a Satanist. Um, been clinically dead three times before my 18th birthday. So I'd say I was pretty well a walking corpse. I had come to a point through my experiences that I had felt nothing. Uh, there was nothing left in me. I started coming to this church. My daughter was invited to come here for the Easter Bunny Blast. And uh, she was sure I would say no, but for some reason I said yes. And then as I walked up the steps, um, and got all these warm greetings and the confusion that overwhelmed me of how can people be so happy and content in life. Until I truly met God, I never realized that there was more out there that a person could feel and could love, love that emits from you guys. That was something very special that I've never seen in this world. Eventually, my curiosity got the best of me, and I tried learning everything I can about why God would even want someone like me. I wanted more. I've been totally humbled, yet totally in awe. This is a journey for me. And in talking about my past, I'm a very humble man now. I have no uh, grandeur or no bragging inside of me. I've never truly been able to smile or laugh um, with any feeling. And uh, that's pretty special to be able to do that with my kids and the people I love and feel alive for the first time in my life. I've been very fortunate to surround myself and be surrounded by people who believe in God and who have faith in God's plan for me. And my relationship with God is very close, closer than I ever imagined it could be. My hopes are to be able to reach others and let them know and feel what I've felt. Um, let them know that there's nothing you can do that God won't forgive if you just ask. 
and uh, I don't know what it holds for me. I just know that God walks beside me. This is part, I believe, this is part of a plan um, way above me, way above my pay grade. And uh, I'm very uncomfortable doing this. But if I could reach out and touch somebody who is where I was at for most of my life, um, then it's all worth it. And I would say that no matter how hard it gets and how alone you feel, God is there with you. Um, you're never alone. And things will get better. You just need to trust. And you need to have faith. And you need to be willing to change and listen to what God has to say to you. Because without that, you're just another walking corpse. My name is Matt. I'm a father, a son, a brother, an uncle, a boyfriend, but most importantly, I'm a follower of Jesus and a servant of our Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, do you believe dry bones can live? Amen. Amen. God gets the glory. To God be the glory. Thank you, Matt. Such a, a great story, isn't it? Uh, illustrating what God can do when, when God breathes life into someone. Matt said in, in, his, uh, in the video there that it's a journey, and he's, he's right on. You're right on, Matt, with that. It is a journey. Life is a journey. Being, being revived, it doesn't mean that we've arrived. It doesn't mean that Matt has arrived. It means that there's new capacity to live and, and, and to grow and to go and to go deeper. Matt hasn't arrived. His battle, just like ours, is a daily one. We need to continue to pray for Matt and for others. We need to pray for each other. So keep praying for Matt and keep praying for others. For some of you, you, uh, you may have been tempted to watch this video and, and you may have even been compelled to stand and, and affirm what God is doing in Matt's story, but then, maybe even right now, you're evaluating your own story of being made alive and you're thinking, well, I don't have a big story like that of, of change. In fact, for some of you, your quickening experience, it may have happened gradually or, or maybe even, even as a child. Listen, if that's you this morning, if you're thinking those thoughts, your story of revival and, and Matt's story of revival, whether it's characterized by crisis or process, whether it's gradual or cataclysmic, each story of dry bones coming to life, where God breathes life into you, is a story worth telling. 
Amen? Amen. Amen. See, Moncton Wesleyan, God is in the business of taking dead, uh, dry bones, and God attaches tendons and muscle and spreads out skin and adds breath, adds life, because God makes things come alive. God makes things come alive. We were dead. Many of us here can can recall a time in our lives when we were spiritually dead. And many of us here can recall a time, too, when we were made spiritually alive. And that brings us to our final point here this morning, a simple reminder that if you are now alive, then go and live. Where? In the ups and downs of life and in the trenches of spiritual growth and spiritual formation. And in the gradual and incremental transformation that takes place in the day to day. John chapter 11 verse 25. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. And so friends, if you're here this morning and you're spiritually alive, don't go back to the grave. Don't go back to the grave. In Matthew chapter 8. We read a story, uh, a story about two men, and they're, they're living among the tombs. They're demon-possessed. They're, they're crazed. They're demented individuals. And where are they? They're literally living among the tombs, in the grave. Friends, no one in their right mind lives in a tomb while they're still alive. And yet... Every once in a while, someone will come to our offices here at the church and they'll, they'll ask a question that goes something like this. They'll say, um, Pastor Dave, is, is, it okay, um, is it okay for me to be a Christian and, uh, and sleep around? Is it okay for me as a Christian to get drunk and surf porn? Uh, Pastor Graham, how close to sin can I get and still be a Christian. Friends, I don't mean uh, to be harsh here this morning, but perhaps the best response is this, if you want to go, go. If you're dead, go and be buried among the dead. Think about it. If you are a living child of God, why go live among the tombs? You see, you've been revived. You are revived. And there are places, Christians, that we ought not go. There are places not for us. There are places for the dead. There are associations that, that, that decay. They're not for us. They're not for you. You are alive. So don't go back to the tomb. And furthermore, don't get wrapped up in grave clothes. Remember that story in John chapter 11 when Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb? Some of you would know that story. Jesus uh, raises Lazarus from the dead, and then Jesus says to those around him, take off the grave clothes and let Lazarus go. And yet it's easy, isn't it, for 
a fragment, just a, a fragment of cloth to, to cling to us after we've been made alive. The red cloth of a bad temper, for example. Man, it smells like the tomb. It smells like the tomb. Christian, ask the Lord to make you gentle, meek, and patient. Or the, the, the binding wrap of envy. I wish I had his or... Man, I, I wish I had her. Man, it stinks. Ask the Lord to make you alive in contentment and thankfulness. The clinging cloth of lust. Friends, decay is connected to it. Ask the Lord to make you pure in thought and deed. Last week, uh, Pastor Mark uh, led us in that song, in Christ, Alone, uh, in Christ Alone. You know this song, right? In Christ Alone. There's a, there's a line in that song. Uh, Sin's curse has what? Sin's curse has lost its grip on me. Friends, please, if we are alive Let's not walk around like we're dead. Instead, if we're alive, let's get up and go. You see, we weren't revived so that we can just sit around and do nothing. We'll look like this guy over here, right? No, the, the one who is truly alive is made new and, and filled with the love of God. And with Paul, we say that love compels us. That love compels us. And we can't help but tell others that we've been raised from the dead, that we know the one who can turn dry bones into a living army. Friends, you are alive. You've been revived. So be fully alive to God and go. You've been attentive uh, this morning. As we close today, here's our call to action, okay? You may respond this morning as you see fit, whether it's in the front here or uh, in private at your seat. Firstly, if you're here this morning and you are spiritually dead, if you're here this morning and you are spiritually dead, God is not first in your life and you have never reached out to God and acknowledged him as the answer to your sin problem. If that's you in your mind and in your heart, hear Hear the Holy Spirit calling this morning and come to him. And if God is calling you this morning, don't push him away. Don't push him away. He'll save your soul. He'll save your soul. And like Matt, he'll bring you out of the tomb and give you new life in God. So come to Jesus, confess your sin, and with God's help, turn and be saved. Secondly, if you are saved, and you are compelled here this morning to once again reach out to the God who brings dry bones back to life. And you want to submit an area of your life or an action or an addiction in your life that creates distance between you and God. It's creating numbness, hopelessness, and darkness in your life. Maybe worse than ever as you sit here this morning. Listen. You are not out of chances. 
You're not out of chances. God can still come in and do an amazing thing. God has not given up on you. So bow in his presence, confess your sin, turn from it, and accept God's grace and love and ability to transform you. You cannot do it on your own. But God can. God can do it. So look to God this morning. Thirdly, if you're burdened this morning over people in your life, people you love who are trapped in sin and living a life of dry bones, you too can come before God today. And as the worship team leads us here this morning, you can pray for their salvation. Pray for revival in their heart and in their life. So respond this morning as you feel compelled. Friends, we were spiritually dead. We were dead in our transgressions and in our sin. But because of God's love for us, because he loves us so much, each and every one of us here this morning can live. And if you are alive here today for the sake of the kingdom and for the glory of God, go and live like you are alive. Amen? Amen.